0: The Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. My name is Ron Cabuno. It is Wednesday, November 10th. Thank you very much for tuning in. We've got a late edition show for you today. Turns out, when the kid is sick, everything else stops. So... Didn't have a show yesterday, and I'm barely getting one out today because my baby girl had a fever of over 104. Needless to say, mom and dad were a little bit concerned. We nursed her through the night, and, well, we tried to get her into the urgent care. And nothing is worse than when you can't get a hold of somebody at a place where you're trying to take a sick little kid. Well, when we weren't able to get a hold of somebody on the phone, we just hightailed it over there because we thought we'd be able to get an appointment I've had nothing good things to say about the Akron Children's Hospital, both here at Beagley and in Austin Town at their branch where we go for pediatrics, as well as the main branch where we had to go for a couple of days with our our daughter right after she was born. But, you know, it's a bad look when you can't get a hold of anybody on the phone and it's still business hours. And when you go there and it looks like, The janitor sweeping the floor is the one in charge of the place, and the lights are on, but nobody's home. Not cool. So I understand that everybody's short-staffed, and it looked like the emergency room was overflowing, so I get it. But just wanted to get our kid in there. And obviously I wanted to have a regular priced visit, not the emergency room visit. She wasn't keeling over on the floor. We just wanted to get her seen, if possible. It wasn't to be, so... That's all right. We uh, took care of her through the night, and we got her seen first thing in the morning. And she's doing well. She's, you know, going to probably be on some antibiotics. Just had to get a pee test back. Um, But anyways, yeah, anyone's best ability is availability, it seems. So long hours are great. You just got to have somebody there. Anyways, we missed a lot of good stuff in the news yesterday, but there was a lot of good stuff going on. Right as I was about to record this one here today, Kyle Rittenhouse was on the stand defending himself and breaking down in tears. And I, you got to feel for the kid because I can really see where he definitely felt like he was doing the right thing being there on that day. I don't believe that he was doing the right thing at all being there on that day. But what are you going to do when you've grown up and all you know is one way of thinking? he was there to, uh, for really what he believed was a righteous cause. And so, when he took his gun into the street that day, he wanted to make sure that he was going to keep evil from happening, where he ended up looking like evil himself. He ended up looking like a threatening force to so many people. And that's why the confrontation ensued, and he used deadly force. And we'll see whether or not it was in self-defense and whether he was right in his actions, but he was wrong for being there in the first place. That is without a doubt. So when I see him break down on the stand like that, I think to myself, well, maybe there's somebody who understands that what he had been taught this whole time might not be right, and there's definite contrition in his eyes for what he might know to, to be the truth now. He's probably a much different Kyle Rittenhouse than he was a year ago. And I I really, really, I feel for him, and yet I do believe he's a guilty man now and, and just a boy at the time of the incident, but uh, made adult actions and took lives. It was just a really powerful piece of footage to see, and, and you can see the agony with which he is dealing with um, retelling the tale and probably grappling with the actions that he took for the rest of his life, no matter what happens in the outcome of the trial. As expected, we saw the House membership of the GOP completely attack anybody who decided to support the infrastructure bill. You know, it's kind of funny because there were actually more Republicans in the Senate, which has essentially a quarter of the members of the House, that supported the infrastructure bill on the GOP side. And isn't that absolutely amazing because you have people calling for the heads of everyone who decided to put country over party and vote for the bare minimum to get ourselves a leg up in terms of the hard built environment that we see around us. It's a really simple vote, and I'm sure they felt like it was going to be much more important to give Joe Biden a loss than to give the people in their districts a win. And they're wrong about that. They can do that the other 99% of the time. But when it just makes sense, and it's something that the leaders in your party in the Senate have already given you permission to vote for, in a sign to the American public that their legislators have not completely abdicated their responsibilities, you say no. Voting for infrastructure for this country is more egregious than sharing a video of someone purportedly killing one of your political rivals, which Louie Gomer did, which house leader Kevin McCarthy said he will not be doing anything about. This is absolutely sickening. This is the death of civility. It's happening right in front of our eyes. And I implore anybody who can do a thing about it to put someone in their place the next time they want to say, let's go, Brandon. I know, right? It's hilarious. Ha ha. It means F Joe Biden. I get it, but you're not five years old. And you were crying a river when anyone wanted to say that about the orange guy. And now you have a secret code, and it's really cool. Unbelievable. That's what the deplorables would do. I thought we were better than that. And yet you have elected officials doing that, and airline pilots. Completely juvenile at every turn. Also, in total boneheaded news, you saw the NFL come down with what could only be considered a ball-peen hammer on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, giving them paltry fines that were, I agree, what were part of what was collectively bargained between the players and the league, but given the gravity of the situation, look completely ridiculous. Rogers can essentially make up what he was fined within four plays worth of work on the football field, and the Green Bay Packers could care less what they've been fined because they were able to keep Aaron Rodgers in good graces the entire time he was lying to everybody. But it was fun to watch him go back on the Pat McAfee show with his tail between his legs, saying that he's not going to be speaking on these issues anymore, but that he's said his piece and he believes that he has the right to do so. I thought it was hilarious. The guy looked totally shook. And now, essentially, we know him for who he really is. Someone who is far more self-centered than mindfully centered. Someone who thinks he's the smartest person in the room, even though he might be in the room with an advanced immunologist. You know, that kind of person. And that's okay, but to him, I would now just say, shut up and dribble. One last thing, we are waiting to see whether Nick Chubb is going to be able to play this weekend. Come on, Nick. What were you doing? Testing positive for coronavirus. Now he's got to have two negative tests 24 hours apart so he can play in Sunday's game. Let's just hope every running back we have left on the roster is hermetically sealed from now until game time, just in case. Tomorrow on the show, or possibly Friday, I hope to have my stepfather Kevin Boyanowski a former corporate senior vice president, on to talk a little bit about inflation concerns. I know I have a lot of questions, and hopefully they'll be some of the same ones that you have, and we'll get them answered all together. So you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in.